0: From the 913, our HOA raising fees by 19% this year because they chose to hire the landscapers to work two days a week instead of one. Nobody voted on this. I could do an entire segment on horror stories of
1: HOA members. They literally are the worst. So here's my thing I've always been staunchly against mm-hmm. ever wanting to join an HOA. And my question to you is, uh, Dunsky, is the fact that when you, even when you violate an HOA, what happens? They can fine you, mm-hmm. but do you have to pay? That's fine. I mean, you paid for the property. You paid mm-hmm. to live there. You're you're good to go. So so do, do is it always enforceable? Is it kind of like getting a uh, a parking ticket from a third party where you're mm-hmm. like, I don't actually have to pay that. You're not enforceable. You're not a police officer. Like, what you you tell me? Because I feel like you have a little bit more insight than I do. I don't. I rent.
0: I have a house with a great landlord who understands who I am, what I am, and what I care about. And I've lived in a neighborhood in Blue Springs. We used to live in – what was the name of it? Uh, Hidden Point. It was across from Paul Kinder Middle School at the time. It was called Sunny Point over there by Stone Canyon. Hence now why I'm into golf for all of you that have ever wondered. Which, by the way, I do have the uh, father-son or f- daughter-father-mother-son challenge with uh, Charlie and Tiger. They're doing the replay right now. It's the Right now, it's Annika Sornstein and her son. Yeah. Um which I think I just need to like get with Paige Sporanic and be like, I'll just be your boyfriend and we'll go play in this golf tournament. Which I have no chance. But uh, it'd be Paige
1: awesome. is a trooper. She would she would be all in on She's it. She's got a hole in one, by
0: the way. Yep.
1: Yeah, I bet she does.
0: No, she did. She. No, no, yeah.
1: no, no. I don't. I agree. She's a hell of a golfer. Yeah. To Great tips. Those- I follow her tips online.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, just released her Santa Claus outfit today, which probably most definitely gave Jay Binkley uh, quite the day. Because I just sent uh DM on Twitter said, Merry Christmas, Bink.
1: He actually he actually said it as he walked out. He was like, hey, I want to thank you, Dusty, and Paige Piernack. So yeah, you thank go. you for all that.
0: What a babe. But yeah, HOA, man, that is, a, uh, that is a fine line.
1: I just think, dude, it's my property. Unless I'm doing something just outright. Because here's what I do. Mm-hmm. I get HOA. I just think HOA's got too power-hungry and they took over things that are not their business. Like, okay, do some things, HOA can get involved. Other things, HOA, you're just overstepping your boundaries because you're power hungry. I get it. You know, power goes to people's heads, but it just – it's. Way too much, my yeah, man. What was it? The
0: Stanford Prison Act? Is that something? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes, the Stanford Prison where Act. They shocked where, them and the guards, some- and
0: they were all people, but they yeah. were split into two well, they groups. they were
1: they were students, yeah. and then you give students certain students power, mm-hmm. and it's a game. We're all playing imaginary, uh, you know, control. Yeah. And yet that control, mm. even in an imaginary setting, goes to your head. And they
0: had to like what? Pull it after like seventy-two hours? Cause it got out of hand.
1: Uh, I believe it was a little longer than that, but okay. yes, it was. It was. I think a, a couple days yeah. that, it, yeah, 72 hours could yeah. be, right? Because uh, they were just abusive with their power. And it was like, you just got it. It's not even real. I forget what the documentary was
0: that I watched on that, but it was, like, polarizing to me. It was crazy. Because you see this in restaurant industry, too. Like, you'll see a guy go from, like, a server to a trainer to a floor manager, and you're like, oh, you're a manager now, so you just don't understand how us normal people used to work. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't know if this is how are say his word lean, L-I-E-N. Line, uh,
1: lean? a lean? lien, yeah. a lien on your house. Yeah. They said yep. they can,
0: le- they can legally put a lien on your property. They can put a lien on your house and you can get legitimately lose your house. It's the wild, wild West and HOAs are gaming the system. It's wild.
1: Yeah. I'd fight that still piss all the way uh, off. I'd man. still fight that
0: piss all the way off. Up
1: I mean, rope. in fact,
0: but yeah, I remember that we had a light too bright. And then I think the other time was we had a trash can that had sat at the edge of the driveway past six o'clock. My parents didn't go home till 630. And then after that, which I didn't mind, but I would come home from school, from high school, and I would get home. And halfway through the day, my stepdad would be like, hey, when you get home, can you pull the trash dumpster back to the front of the house? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Last night, we, me and my girlfriend went uh, to Christmas. a John Oliver
0: episode. On, I love me some John Oliver.
1: Christmas uh, light mm-hmm. watching, so yeah. we drove through neighborhoods. You and Christmas the ladies, of course, we did. Yeah, nice. we, had a, we had a really good time too. And guess what? The final finale of that of that entire trip, we stumbled upon a house that mm-hmm. was actually connected to a radio station, and all of their lights were on program mm-hmm. on time with whatever song was playing. Yeah, they synced, and they went all out. Nice. So I'm curious what that place's HOA is like because mm-hmm. nobody else in that entire cul de sac had lights, and I guarantee this person was probably pissing people off with. How much light it was now, maybe they're great neighbors and they're mm. like, Hey, I get it, this is what you do every year, but I'd be curious what that HOA is like. Mm. It was amazing though. I feel like in Carriage it, Hill, up, up in uh, uh, just north of Gladstone, I guess, in Gladstone, I don't know.
0: I feel like the minor leagues of HOA are uh, gosh, what do they call these people in grocery stores? They're the girls that stand behind the counter that are, like, they're, I don't forget, that's what basically made me quit my job at Price Jobber back in the day, because they were just, like, abusive of power. I forget who they were. They're, like, store, they're not store managers.
1: Are they store clerks? No. no. You'd be the clerk, right?
0: Yeah, I was a cashier, and they'd okay. be like, you need to get off your phone, you need to stand in the front of your register and look straight out down the aisle oh, and so smile. Oh, so they were
1: policing workers. Yeah, customer service.
0: They oh, were customer, service, customer service reps. Oh, they were the worst. They were the worst. They'd be like, no cell phones. So what we would do is this girl that I was kind of like talking to at the time, we would pick up our phones that we could talk overhead, but you could hit a direct line to a register. So it was like a number, then the register number, then star. And we would just, I would just talk to her. I'd be like, hey, Jennifer, what's up? Nothing.
1: Clearly I'm calling on something super yeah. important while mm-hmm. I talk to Jennifer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is that an alias or was that her name?
0: I think it's just an alias. Gotcha. Somebody said I missed an opportunity to say I'd be her daddy, not her. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever Paige wants, I'm I'm here for. Like literally anything. Sorry. I don't even like feet. I'd massage them things every day. I did. Every day. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the Chargers for a second because man, um hated those floor walkers. Exactly. 816, exactly
1: the worst.
0: They ate all day back there and snacked, and they'd pop out and then just jump down your neck. And it was so annoying. I hated it.
1: Was that the birth, the birthright of the Karens yeah, I, right there? Maybe, dude, maybe,
0: dude, maybe. Could be. Oh, it was the worst. I beg. Like, oh yeah. I was just wondering if I go on my break, I've been on the floor for four and a half hours. Now I've only got three hours left of my shift. You need to wait at least another 30 minutes. N- no, I don't. And I won't I'm going on break. Um, Somebody that's going on break permanently, Brandon Staley, what a disaster, right? Uh, the Chargers should have fired, should have fired him last year with his playoff debacle, right? This is where, when you look at franchises that were ran poorly or things not to do in the NFL, the Chargers are the poster child of that, right? It didn't work before Brandon Staley. It hasn't worked during Brandon Staley, and it's not going to work post-Brandon Staley unless they finally realize what the truth is, and that is you do have a good quarterback. I am not saying Justin Herbert is a bad quarterback. I think he's been under bad guidance. I think he's had bad offensive coordinators. I think he's had a terrible head coach. I think he's been guided in the wrong direction, but it's been nice that it's been in your division, right, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this was a day in which we all watched that game or followed that game last night. 42-0 at half. What was the final score? 63-21. Raiders had not scored 42 points and a half in their franchise's history. Historically bad for the Chargers. The Chargers played the Patriots, and they won 6-0. That's the worst cover of anything in Vegas I've ever seen in my life. Not good. Brandon Staley, we saw a few weeks ago, loses cool with the media. Look, you don't need to worry about me and the defense. I'm going to continue to call the defense. The Chargers have been one of the worst defenses in the league for the last three years, and I'm close. And with a team that had weapons, and now an aging weapons in Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, and a quarterback that had not been signed to that first big contract, or I guess you'd consider it the second contract, but the big one, and you wasted all that under 500, never really challenged the Chiefs with the division, there were times where it looked maybe there was a chance, but never really did. And you wasted all this time with Justin Herbert. You know what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. Now again, it's Patrick Mahomes, not Justin Herbert. But the Chiefs got it right. They won. They went back. They paid. They won again. They changed the team and the dynamic. You can be mad all you want. I know the Chiefs. You're kind of upset this season. Still eight and five. Still leading the AFC West. Gonna probably win their eighth consecutive AFC West title. That's what you have to do. You have to get people under control that are going to control your franchise and your franchise quarterback in the young years. The Chargers wasted all that. The Bengals, they at least got to a Super Bowl. They at least won an AFC title before they paid Joe Burrow. And before they're going to have to pay T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, obviously we don't think they're going to pay both. We'll see. But the Chargers are a mess. And they're the absolute example of how you shouldn't run a franchise. And it's one of those things where you wake up in the morning. And yeah, you lose back-to-back games to the Bills and the Packers. But you wake up the next morning and you just go, Ugh. "Yeah, That's another day where we're, at least we're not the Chargers. Damn right. Now what are you going to do? Now you're vulnerable. Now your franchise is soft. The core is broken. You're on broken ground. You've lost the war. Your leader is gone. Your GM is gone. And now... Here's this little candidate out here in Bill Belichick, who we know because of what we've heard from reporting of people that are very close to people inside the NFL that have said when Bill Belichick does go somewhere, he's going to want a little bit of control. That's what he's had in New England. And then again, this is all speculation. Maybe Bill Belichick's at that point in his career was like, all I care about is 30 more wins, you know three to four more years, set your franchise up, get you a playoff run, give you some sort of hope, and then I'll pass the torch. But Bill Belichick, why I think Los Angeles is the perfect spot, quarterback, check. Defense should be better than it is, check. And his mindset with that defense, they would be. Weak division, check, right? Chiefs are at the top. I know the Broncos are doing some things this year. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Raiders, they got to find a coach. It seems like to me, the AFC West next year could have Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, and Jim Harbaugh all be coaches in the AFC West. Jim Harbaugh screams Greasy Vegas to me. Bill Belichick screams taking over a vulnerable franchise in the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me have a little bit of control. I'll make sure you're not a laughing stock of this division. I'll take your quarterback talent, revamp this defense. We'll get this thing turned around, and then Andy Reid. Because what the AFC West has had is good rosters or decent rosters, right? The Raiders were terrible. They had the leading running back in the league last year, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Derek Carr is piss poor. We know that. Chargers, good roster, bad head coach. Raiders, decent roster, bad head coach. Broncos, looks like their head coach is kind of getting to where they need to be. Are the Broncos going to be a consistent 10-7, and 11-6 sort of team? Maybe. That may not compete with the Top spots in the AFC, but it at least gets you some playoff talk and keep your season alive outside of November. But again, the Chargers are an example of what not to be in the NFL when you're trying to make a franchise successful. Today, everybody gets canned. Staley. Offensive, what was it? Offensive running coordinator, defensive specialist, special teams, GM, head coach, gone. Over with. Los Angeles Chargers. huh? Not a good question. Day to be a question fandom. real
1: quick before we sign off oh, here, Russ or Dusty. Ressa, Dusty. Uh, what do you think about uh, Belichick leaving coaching altogether and going to TV? He just did game day. What do no. you think about that? Yeah. Okay.
0: No. Okay. Um, the, yep. reason no. I, the reason I say that is because I think Bill Belichick is still egotistical. Bigley kind of slightly brought it up. He wants to pass Don Shula, he wants that. He's so close to the most wins all time. And that would give him, without a question, the greatest coach in football history. Now, there are the stories of Deflategate, Spygate, whatever, Cheatgate, however you want to call it, that he will always carry. Yeah, but, but. let's be fair. He's won seven Super yeah. Bowls. He's been to nine. He uh, He's, I think, 24 wins away from Shula.
1: He and, wants that
0: record. Oh, like. You know, like you and I wanna seeding for it. Oh yeah. Like you and I wanna be out of here on a Friday night and drink some suds with buds. Yes, sir. That's what he wants. He wants that final, that final notch on his belt. Doesn't necessarily I don't think need another Super Bowl title to fit his resume. I don't think that's even a question. He's got seven of them, but I think he wants those wins. But if he's gonna get those wins, he's gonna have to average like nine wins a season. So I don't think Washington makes sense. I don't think the Raiders make sense. I think he, as the coach of the Chargers, could win 9, 10, 11 games a season because of quarterback defense and what he can do as a head coach. That's just my opinion. I like I don't, it. I don't, and I also don't
1: think he'd be good for TV. <laughs> I don't. I think he'd be terrible for TV. Which might be the joke. I don't know. I, I think. I think he would give some people that that aspect of he's just going to tell it like it is in mm. a very short, concise statement. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, th- you have your Pat McAfee's is one spectrum. Yeah. And then you'd have your complete opposites, right. which would be Bill Belichick. And I don't, I don't see Bill loving that environment. And mm-hmm. I don't think he would like all the ins and outs and, and regulations that come with that environment. Because from everything I've heard from players, Bill speaks his mind 100% of the time, oh, all yeah. the time, never to the media. So why would he then go do that on TV? And the only time
0: Belichick's really kind of fun is is when he's kind of, I don't know, when he's not the serious guy. Like when he went to the Taylor Swift concert, and he's like, I like Taylor. She did that old concert in the rain. Or when he answers questions to the media and he's like, yeah, that guy went to, you know, Louisiana Tech. He was a backup quarterback, became a starter, transferred to whatever. And now he's like, he just knows all the That to me, that's not good for like an hour pregame no, show. No, no, no. That's like a tidbit, have,
1: a like, guest spot.
0: Like when they have Saban on college game day or when he's not in the playoffs and they have him on there, Saban's interesting for like 10 minutes because he's such a curmudgeon, such a dry sense of personality that you're like, 10 minutes is fine. An hour?
1: Eh. Well, it's it's you're speaking what people have wanted to hear for you for years, yeah. if not decades. But it's not something people have wanted to hear. for, Like you said, a, an entire hour, right. let alone two. It's
0: like I thought Ben Stein was funny in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Watching Ben Stein's money was just like, yeah, he has a couple jokes, but it's just so dry for so long that I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody from the 75, he's not a good coach. Herbert is no Brady.
1: Okay, the the not a good coach aspect, Mm -hmm. I I can't get down with. Clearly, he's a good coach.
0: I didn't know that I I compared Herbert to Brady. (laughs) I forgot that I said that because I didn't.
1: No, you didn't. You're right. So.
0: Playoff picture, what it is and what it could be are two different things, and one of them really turns me on. I'm sick, twisted, I understand. I'll explain what I mean by that. That's Blake. I'm Dusty. This is After Hours. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio.
2: After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views, and by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio.
0: He's not a good coach. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, everybody's got their own opinions. That's fine. This is the asinine comment, man. I mean, it's, he's not a good coach. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah. A bad coach won seven Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, I
0: mean, Brady won a lot of those too. I mean, but somebody had to uh, coach it. Yeah,
1: you know. Somebody had to recruit Richard Seymour. Teddy Bruschi, Adelius Thomas, Mike Vrabel, Ty Law, Rodney Harrison. I'm mm. sorry. Lawyer Malloy. Mm. Somebody had to make those guys do their job on their end. Right.
0: Fair enough. That was quite the rip of
1: roster spots from the Patriots. I'll tell you what. I know my, I know my sports. Do you have here. a favorite New England Patriot player? I do. Who is it? It's Mike Vrabel. Okay. And I I love him because not only was he a, an outstanding player, but mm-hmm. He's an outstanding coach, I think. I think he is beloved by everybody that is Mm. on that team. Uh, You know, I say majority-wise. Obviously, somebody somebody might have a gripe with him. Did you see? He was also a Chiefs player, and that's why Mike Vrabel goes into one of my all-time greatest players ever. Mm. Did you see
0: the video of Mike Vrabel after last week when the what was it? The guy fumbled the punt return against uh, Miami. I did not. Well. The guy that returned the punt and then eventually fumbled tries to go and explain it to Mike Vrabel, and his words are, I just don't give an F.
1: Yeah. I've also heard many stories of players saying, like, Mike Vrabel will still get under the bench and rep out, like, 3.30. No problem. He's from Akron. 3.35, baby. He's from the same neighborhood as LeBron James, man. He said, I don't just coach. I also keep myself in shape as if I was still a player. And I'd be interested to see if Mike Vrabel could still get out there and play ball. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you he'd make he'd at least make a tackle or two.
0: You know who drafted Mike Vrabel? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh Drafted to the Patriots? Nope. Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, really? Mm, he was mm, a, he Pittsburgh was a, Steelers. Bill Cowher. He was uh, a, Oh yeah,
0: definitely Cowher. He was at Pittsburgh from '97 until 2000.
1: Short stint. Mm-hmm. Really? Was he? I assume he was not a starter during those days. Uh Never started a game. Yep. Okay.
0: Played in 15. Never started. Had three force fumbles, two fumble, three fumble recoveries, and a total of five and a half seven sacks total.
1: That's weird. So when he got to the Patriots, I wonder who made him mm. a starting linebacker.
0: Probably that terrible coach. Probably that
1: terrible coach. I'm trying to see how many touchdowns he had in his career. I think he had two or three, didn't he? He had he had. Nah, no, had more than that. Oh, did he really? Mm-hmm. How, how many did he have with the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: Uh, that I don't know. Because okay. I,
1: I know he caught at least two with the Chiefs. They did the same thing with Rabel that they did with Jared Allen. Back he time.
0: has uh, 10 career touchdowns. Wow, that's way more than I thought. Mm-hmm. More than Sky Moore. Um, more than Rasheed Rice. Combined. Um, he had one with the Chiefs in 2010, one with the Chiefs in 2009. He had three in 2005. <laughs> cool. Yeah, dude. Wow. Receiving My touch- 10 receiving touchdowns, eight with new England, two with Kansas city. That's insane. He so was- he's
1: not only steel curtain, but he's iron way. Mm-hmm. The- I'm sorry. He's the, uh, the Patriots way.
0: Yeah. Uh, we try to keep people cool, calm and collected when it comes to the playoffs. She's still eight and five. They still have the regular season can still lose games and be okay. You don't obviously, what I mean is you don't go home. Uh, the playoff picture right now, after week 14, Ravens sit at the top dolphins at two chiefs at three Jags at four. Five is Cleveland, six is Pittsburgh, seven is Indianapolis. So, opening weekend, you would get Cleveland and Jacksonville. I don't know who to pick in that game. Because I don't know how much longer the ankle is going to linger for Trevor Lawrence until finally he gets to the point where it just doesn't affect him anymore. Looked like it was pretty effective. It looked like it was affecting him a lot in the first game back from it, as it could. He's not Mahomes. Your 3-6 matchup is Chiefs-Steelers. Right, We think the Chiefs would win that game. We could go ahead and say that. Then your 7-2 matchup is Miami versus Indianapolis. This is where things get juicy. Because the Ravens would get the easiest game on the schedule. So the Ravens would get either Cleveland or Jacksonville, whoever wins that game. Now, I don't think the Steelers could beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. I'm not saying that. I also... Don't think the Indianapolis Colts would beat Miami, which means in your divisional round, you would get Ravens, Browns, divisional matchup, right? Anything could happen. And then you get Miami and Kansas City, and Kansas City goes to South Beach. You've already beaten the Dolphins once, technically on the road, in Germany. Weird travel conditions, still beat them. The Ravens could lose that game to the Browns. That's a divisional game. That's tough. Chiefs could also lose again to Miami. But let's say the Chiefs do win against Miami. That would mean as a three seed, they would host the AFC Championship game against Cleveland. Serious things could happen. And I get it, Cleveland, Joe Flacco. But hey, the two quarterbacks with the most experience in the playoffs play for the Chiefs, play for the Browns. Just saying. The other scenario that Tracy Wilson sent out Is that her seeding could be, when it's all said and done in the AFC, Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville. This is where it gets juicy. Denver, the seventh seed against Miami. Buffalo, the sixth seed against Kansas City. Cleveland and Jacksonville. Buffalo versus Kansas City in five weeks turns me on. In a sports way. There is nothing more that I would love to see than one more time. Because I don't think that Buffalo's going to have much to show next year just because of cap hits moves. They're going to have to make window looks like it might be closing. And this is just a wishful thinking what it could be. Buffalo still has a gauntlet of a schedule to go through, but could you imagine the three, six game in Kansas city, Buffalo, Kansas city?
1: Uh, Yes, I could. And I, so, so I was actually at the Buffalo game same last week. Oh, you were okay. That cool. was um, <laughs> that game. In my opinion, would be another Josh Allen frowning mm-hmm. just because it almost was this time. And it should have been this time. And I yeah. get it. Everything happened. We're, we're not going to rehash it. We've rehashed it all week. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, what a great replay of a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Two guys who want it more than anything and two guys who have battled more than they've ever battled with anybody else in their life. Josh Allen, obviously, uh, that, that's, his, that's his pinnacle. That's his hump. That's his Mount mm-hmm. Olympus. Hasn't been able to get over that playoff loss. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, who's been beaten multiple times in the regular season, I think twice now, by Josh Allen, but always seems to come out with the scepter pulling it out of the rock. Mm-hmm. That, to me, gets my rocks off.
0: I think it's three times. I think they've lost in Buffalo, I think. Maybe not. Yes. I'm, yeah. Uh, I I believe you are correct. And they lost last year to Three times in
1: the regular season. Mm -hmm. Never lost in the playoffs to him.
0: No, lost in the divisional round with 13 seconds left. Lost in the NFC Championship game where he threw a football at somebody's face. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I would love it. Because it would just be such a battle of will. Just imagine. Will and skill, baby. Imagine if that
0: play stood and there was an offensive offsides. And they would have lost that way. Now, there was still like a minute and 20 seconds left. I think after that play, they would have lost on that play. They would have lost with 13 seconds left. They would have lost in the AFC Championship game, all in the same house. And then you would have had this game coming up if it were to happen that way. A lot of stuff has to go right for Buffalo, and they've got to be right in order to get there. But at this point in the season, you're playing Pittsburgh in the playoffs at home, and their quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. And the next four weeks, you play Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Browning, and Easton Stick. That's a real name
1: great showing on Thursday. That's a real name. Yeah. I, I say that actually realistically. I mean, stats-wise. Not not, the not start, terrible. But not the didn't he fumble not, twice in the not, first quarter?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, they fumbled four times. As far as
1: stats goes, yeah. when you look at it on paper and well, you look shoot, at that game you're score, 40, you're like, "Wow, what
0: the what the hell happened here?" When you're up 63 to 10, I don't think anybody cares what you do. You no, can't. That's throw what it I'm in. saying. Right. Like w- yeah.
1: watching the game, looking at the stat sheet, totally different games.
0: I want to talk about these Kansas City Royals, baby, because somebody on MLB Network has a hot take, and Josh Vernier texted me tonight I said, you doing six to nine? I said, yeah. He goes, I got a little audio from J.J. Bacola from a Zoom do I want to give you, so play it. I said, yes, sir, Vern. Whatever you tell me to do, I will always do, as Vern Daddy is always going to be my godfather at this radio station. That's Blake. I'm Dusty. This is After Hours. Royals Conversation comes up next.
2: After Hours with Dusty Lichens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs Olathe or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio.
0: This band always reminds me of Laszlo. I think he broke this band out to the public on uh, when it was 96.5, the bus. Really? Yeah, I think she had a conversation with him in the bathroom today. It was funny. He walked in. I was washing my hands. He was getting ready to do his business. I said, you buy your Detroit Lions playoff tickets yet? No. I'm letting it play out. I've seen this too many times. I said, all right, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm
1: not a believer.
0: I said, I'm not going to argue with you. No, I think he's a believer. I just think he's like Vern. They're just Detroit, you know, they're Detroit people. They, they, it, They've it, been hurt
1: too many times. Too many.
0: Way too many. But they should win that North. Yeah, they should. I mean, they did lose to the Bears last week. You know what's weird that I found myself uh, able to watch is the removal of ingrown toenails.
1: Wait, okay, weird segue. Yeah, but I, I've never been able. All of to... a sudden, that was just. I don't know. So, like. You grew a tolerance to it, kind of like when you get over not being able to eat something as a kid. Sure. So, like. I can't watch like the pimple popping
0: videos that are very popular that a lot of people enjoy. I don't know why I can't watch those or I can't watch like surgery videos. But I was laying in bed last night I'm scrolling Instagram reels like we all do for hours upon hours and then realize what are we doing?
1: Like, yeah, so you're an adult too. So you watch TikTok. You watch Instagram reels of TikToks. Correct. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. And I don't know what it is.
0: But like the relief that I know those people have from like these ingrown toenails, I'm like that's satisfying. Have you ever had one? No, I take good care of my hands and feet. There you go. Which you should. Yeah. Well,
1: manicured, pedicured, baby. Yeah. Well,
0: I've never gotten a mani or a pedi,
1: but you still take good care of them. Yeah. You're yeah. Giving, like, the man himself has given himself a mani. Like
0: I could, I thank you. I could literally probably have an OnlyFans, but call it Only Hands. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm, I'm dead serious. Man. I got some nice hands over here, man.
1: I I like to keep good good track of my. I I have really healthy fingernails, mm. and they grow ridiculously yeah. strong. How- so I have to use toenail clippers for my hands. Yeah. But that just that's just how I know. I keep good care of my hands and feet because I never have any issues. Never have any fungi. They're always looking good. Mm. And like you said. It uh, could be only hands. I, I I could be on Feet Finder if we're really mm. if we're really being serious right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I just I watched this. Uh, I started watching them last night, and they were like getting in there and like getting that pus out of the toe and like pulling that ingrown toenail out. I'm like, God, that's. And you feel didn't great. vomit.
1: Nope. Good for you, man. You're yeah. you're making major strides here.
0: I'm trying. Uh, Josh Vern, your Royals insider here at Six Ten Sports Radio. Remember, Vern's hot stove. Uh, it's 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 gonna be here before you know it. This was Vern with his scouting report of Mr. Lugo, the, the pitching splash that they made. Uh, righty, nice
2: hook. 3rd uh, He'll be 30, or he just turned 34, so you give him for you get him for your uh, age 34, 35, 36 season. He uh, came up, debuted with the Mets, was with the Mets for a number of years, uh, signed a two-year deal with the Padres last year, two years for $15 million total. Uh, but for the first time in his career, he went out there and proved that he can be a starting pitcher, made 26 starts, 140 plus innings, uh, uh, more than a dozen quality starts. So he took the ball uh, in a, in a very disappointing season for the Padres. He w- in the, you know, along with Blake Snell, uh, he was able to be somewhat of a stabilizing figure. Um, but again, he had someone like Blake Snell and, and other big names to kind of lead that rotation. He could, slot into the number three, number four uh, in that rotation. But he, he proved that he was able to be a starting pitcher. So instead of going back and making $7.5 million, he opted out. And instead of making $15 million over two years, he's getting $15 million every single season. But again, that that's the going rate. Then Vern said... J.J., uh, in, in talking with him last night, he said he expects uh, uh, most of the action to be complete by Christmas. So... Yeah. Over the next two weeks, you, you would, you would hope that everything is complete, but uh, things are fluid. As you are seeing things happen in quick over the past 72, 96 hours. Um, uh, Can can they go, can they go and and spend and and bring in another $15 million a year free agent starting pitcher? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Spend all the money. It it doesn't bother me. Are are they likely to do it that way? Um, I I don't think so. It's, all signs point to them acquiring that other starting pitcher via a trade. Uh, but we'll see. And obviously the
0: Royals did some more roster moves today as they've been pretty active within these rosters. This was what Vern sent me tonight after a Zoom call with J.J. Bacoli, your Royals general manager. Yeah, I think the best way to, to answer that is that if spring training started tomorrow, we would be content. Like, we've we've hit our our goals, Um You know, as far as what we were trying to do, there's still some things to be determined, some things to be finalized. Um, We've hit our goals, but, you know, Q says it all the time. You never have enough good players. So if there's ways for us to improve our team on the margins, we're going to look to improve the team. You know, there's certainly going to be some staples uh, that are pretty obvious, but if we can improve the depth uh, in any way, we're going to continue to do it and because it's, it's a long year, it's a tough season. You have injuries, you got to be able to overcome them. So that depth is is really important. So they've made moves. There's no secret. The Royals are much better than they were when the season ended. Now, I don't know if the Royals are going to go out there and, you know, be, you know, contenders for the AL Central or for, you know, things in that regard. But the fact that they're being this busy and the fact that they're making moves like this and you look at their rotation of what it might look. This is from Royals Review. Pitching staff should look something like this. Cole Reagans, Brady Singer, Michael Waka, who they got today, which that would allude to. Vern talking about they're going to make some more splashes before Christmas. Lugo. And then you have Jordan Lyles and Daniel Lynch. Your bullpen, Smith, Anderson, Stratton, another guy today. MacArthur, Hernandez, McMillan, Sawyer, Marsh, Klein, Brents, Taylor some names that you don't see there that you saw in the past, like a Brad Keller, not going to be a part of that, you wouldn't think. But you have to assume that if you went into this offseason, which the Royals have been a focal point for many different reasons, new stadium talk, roster, and a lot of people said, and I remember a lot of you said, I'm not going to get into this Royals stadium talk until they prove to me that they're serious about winning. Cole Reagan's. Solid year last year. Royals pitcher of the year. Brady Singer continued to have a roller coaster of a season. Michael Walker, a proven vet arm that can get it done if he can stay healthy. Lugo, like Vern, you just heard. Hell of a hook. Curveball-style pitcher. Can get guys out with off-speed. A good fourth guy in your rotation. And then you have a committee at five with Lyles and Lynch. This team is is significantly better than what this team was in your previous baseball season. Now, I'm not saying that I expect the Royals to go out there and play 500 ball. It'd be nice. Just give this city a competitive team out there that are not the laughingstock of baseball, that are not the, well, I'm not going out there to pay $25 to park and watch a team get beat 7 nothing by the third inning. That's because they didn't have pitching. What do they do? They went and addressed it. They got veteran pitching to go into this bull into this starting rotation and into this bullpen. Michael Walker is not going to blow Major League Baseball away and be like, he's with the Royals? They got to steal. No, but he's going to be better than throwing Zach Grinky out there every fifth day, which trust me, I love Zach Grinky. I think he's great for the city. I think he's going to be a Royal Hall of Famer. Gonna think he's gonna be a baseball hall of famer. Gonna go in as a Royal. But this rotation, paired with that lineup that can put up points is in fact significantly much better than what they were last year, and the improvements are getting made. They spent $105 million this offseason so far. We've yet to get to spring training. We've yet to get to pitchers and catchers report. It's November or it's December 15th, and they spent $105 million this offseason. There is no doubt in my mind that this team with Sherman and Bacolo are trying to be more competitive and give the city what they want, which is a competitive team. Your division isn't that strong. Cleveland's okay. Minnesota's going to be all right. Detroit, Chicago, give me a break. Be competitive. Win eighty games. Try to play for five hundred, and then see what happens. But either way, it's better now than it was before, and they're making improvements and they're making splashes, which is what everybody wanted to see.
1: Well, and what what does this what does this say to the fans? Like one of the biggest gripes the Royals have always had from forever and beyond is that they don't spend money. On free agents. They will not go out and get big time acquisitions. Now, am I saying that these guys are big time acquisitions when you look at like Otani and so yeah, right. and guys like that? No, they're not. And the problem is, is that the Royals, unfortunately, when you have 106 losses in a year, you have to overpay for players that are Good to mediocre uh-huh. because 106 losses is not something that somebody wants to come into and go, oh, I can totally turn this place around just by myself. Right. There has to be some sort of plan in place. So what the, what J.J. Piccolo is saying and what the, what the Royals organization is saying is like, listen, we listened to what you guys have said in the past. We are a different regime. We are at least going to go out. And like you've said, Dusty, we're going to at least try to compete. We're going to uh-huh. bring in guys that have had proven success in this league. And we're going to come in and at least make the one issue. Uh, I say one issue. There's multiple issues with the Royals. But one issue is that we're going to address starting pitching right away. We're going to address the pitching staff right away. Uh-huh. Are we going to take the time to develop guys like we've always said we're going to do and then don't end up doing, unfortunately? Right. No. We're going to come in and make things happen. So that I think that should be at least a little bit of bread, a little bit of moolah, a little bit of something thrown to the fans themselves to Uh say, hey, listen, we're here to do what you guys want because that's what we know needs to happen. Uh Yeah, you guys are talking about it. We're going to try to at least go out here and do something about it. And you bring back a guy who was a former Royal Will Smith. You bring back Seth Lugo. You get Waka. You're bringing guys in that you're like, hey, these guys have proven success in the league. Will Smith just came off of a, a... a dang world series win. Uh So you're bringing guys in that are at least, Hey, we can compete. So that's what we're doing. I think we have a solid core of young guys. You got Michael Garcia. You got Bobby Wood junior. You got Vinny Pasquantino. You still have a veteran proven veteran, uh, Salvador Perez who can play in this league. You've got MJ Melendez who uh, we'll see what happens around the trade uh, deadline this upcoming year. If they, if he's playing well, if they want to move him, if they want to keep him, what they want to do, but you've at least got, things in place that look to say, Hey, if we can add veteran pitching with great young talent, what can we do? At least they're doing something about it. And and you know what, that as a, to me, as a Royals fan, I know we're on the air and I know we're announcers and and everything. And we're analysts that gives me some hope that, Hey, maybe they're listening. Maybe these guys aren't like the other guys that we've had before. Maybe they want to do something about this team.
0: Yeah. Or they see 106 losses and know that it was pitching was the problem.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying, right. though.
0: Yeah. Uh, from the 913, yo, Dusty, it's Camino. By the way, Camino, I still have your Bushlight 12-pack that you gave me last year for the divisional round of the playoffs, so thank you. You think Bill locks down Kelsey like he always has? I've gotten a Joku, and I'm, work- I'm wondering if Flacco crumbles with real pressure or if they can do something similar versus the Bears. Tied in is my make or break in fantasy playoffs. 100% thanks, big dog. Here's two things. Don't ever bench Travis Kelsey. He's a set it and forget it. And he hasn't really been that terrible against New England. He's played New England one, two, three, four, five times. He averages eight targets. He's averaging five catches for 66 yards. He's only got one touchdown, but the last time they played, he had seven catches for 70 yards, or I'm sorry, three catches for 70 yards the time before that seven for 66. So good numbers because fantasy, you know, tight ends it's few and very far between and Kelsey is the number one plus the targets are going to be there man it's volume 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 speaking of Travis Kelsey you're starting to feel the heat of the hate from the national media when it comes to Travis Kelsey I get it they hate you because they ain't you and you win a lot and people tend to hate that too as well this is after hours on 610 sports radio
2: after Hours with Dusty Lichens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs Olathe or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio.